Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. And I want to say thank you to the team for putting out their talents week after week and invested in it to bless us and to glorify God. Amen. And good morning to all those I haven't seen this morning or said good morning to. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you so, so much for another beautiful Sunday in your presence. Father, as you bring your word to us, I pray that you open our hearts to receive these words, to renew our minds and our thoughts, and to renew our commitment to doing your will. Father, for many of us who are struggling to live up to it, O Lord, may your grace be sufficient for us, O Lord. May you help us and our lives to be transformed through the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. We have started a series on effective living, and I've been tasked to bring some specific message to all of us, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will be with us and uh, help us to receive it as it comes. Amen. Our main text would be from two different books in the Bible, Genesis and also in the book of Luke. Uh, the part in Genesis is so long, I will not be able to read to all of us. But I want to believe that most of us know the story. So I'll just take bits and pieces of it for us. That would have been from Genesis from 40 to 47, thereabout, or even 50. Uh, the story of Joseph. Uh, we're doing a Bible study um, at the clubhouse um, daily Bible study session. And it's been amazing. And yesterday, I was trying to do catch-ups with some of the uh, some of the days or chapters I missed, and I couldn't help um, to notice um, Genesis chapter 41 in a different way, and also 47 in a different way. And uh, somehow, I tried to fix it in the message <laughs> by force um, because I'm really encouraged by this character called Joseph. Uh, in this effective or Christian living series. I would read first and foremost from Genesis 41, um, from 38 to 41. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. Verse 40. You shall be over, over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Amen. I jump to verse, um, chapter 47 from 13. Um, we'll see where we get to. <laughs> All right. There was no food, however, in the whole region because the famine was severe. 
Both Egypt and Canaan wasted away because of the famine. Joseph collected all the money that was to be found in Egypt and Canaan in payment for the grain they were buying, and he brought it to Pharaoh's palace. When the money of the people of Egypt and Canaan was gone, all Egypt came to Joseph and said, give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? Our money is all gone. I jump to 20. So Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for Pharaoh. People, I mean, gave their livestock, gave their animals, gave everything. And now they were willing to give up their lands and themselves uh, in exchange for food. So Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for Pharaoh. The Egyptians, one and all, sold their fields because the famine was too severe for them. The land became Pharaoh's. And Joseph reduced the people to servitude from one end of Egypt to the other. Jumping to 27. Now the Israelites settled in Egypt in the region of Goshen. They acquired property there and they were fruitful and increased greatly in number. Amen. Well, long um, verses in Genesis. I'll try and summarize the points I was trying to bring out. There was famine in Egypt and the entire region. Um, Joseph was uh, made prime minister, supervisor of everything. He was the number two man in the whole of Egypt. And Egypt was powerful uh, then because he had, he had resources and um, he had money, he had food. They ran out of money as the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money because they spent everything trying to buy food. They sold their land, their livestock, and even surrendered themselves to servitude. They actually said, take us in bondage in exchange for food because there's no use even living without money or land. That was how severe times were for them. We learn later in there that Joseph employed them, asked them to farm the lands and bring 20% as a fifth of all um, their harvest to Pharaoh. And uh, probably that's the earliest account of land tenure system. And today, government still use it. It's the average tax, income tax for people, uh, between 10 and 30% the world over. Very interesting. Um, a number of things come out of this that I would like us to pay attention to probably a little later in the, in, the, in the Bible study or the preach right now. Let's now look at Luke 19, which is the main agenda for today. This has been taught a number of times since the beginning of year, the year, probably twice. Um, the parable of a 10 minus about talents, about using our gifts. And I'd like to link it with what Joseph did. All right, so I don't know if I'll read everything, but let's see. Luke 19, 12 to 27. He said, as Jesus speaking or telling this parable, a man of noble birth 
went to a distant country to, save, to, to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minors. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. Put this money to work until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. 15. He was made king. However, he returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained and the line gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your miner has earned 10 more. 10 more. Where are the accountants? That's a thousand percent, right? Or index 1,000. Well done, good, well done, good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy with a very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. So now he's king. People were faithful. His workers were faithful and he was giving them responsibilities. And I'm sure responsibilities come with more blessings as well. The second came, say, your mariner has earned five more. The master answered, you take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, here is your mariner. I kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money in a deposit? I underline deposit as well. So that when I come back, I would collect um, this money with interest. Then he said to those standing by, take his minor away from him and give it to the one who has 10. He gave it to the most efficient or effective worker. Sir, they said, he already has 10. Why should we give him more? He, he replied, I tell you, I tell you that to, to everyone who has more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Amen. We know this. We've heard it before. But I want to talk about these two stories, the parable and the true story or true account of Joseph. Really interesting. Um, when I was going through this, especially the first part, the, um, chapter 41 of Genesis, I couldn't help but, th but think about the times we face or the times we are going through now in the world. Um, when over 100 countries are running to um, the World Bank and IMF for support, uh, when news all over tells us that um, there are threats of hunger and food shortages. Who's heard that in parts of the world? You've heard it, yeah. The serious inflation in most parts of the world are here 40 year highest in many of the advanced countries, so we call them. And even in our own country, I mean, things don't seem to be working well and there are threats all over. I understand some workers are planning to go on strike, public workers, 
university teachers and all that. Let's unrest. Um, I don't think it's gone to the level where the Egyptians went to. But there were in times of difficulties, times of crisis. And uh, reflecting on this, I said, in times like this, how can Christians triumph? How can we live victoriously? How can we live differently versus uh, the people of the world? Are we supposed to suffer just like everyone else? Are there any special nuggets that God would want us to have to triumph in these difficult times? How are we living our lives in these times? Well, it's God telling you. Well, this is what God showed me. It was really interesting to read um, verse 27. In, of Genesis 47. Now the Israelites settled in Egypt, in the region of Goshen. They acquired property, and they were fruitful and increased greatly in number. Hallelujah. It does mean that there are some people who can triumph, who can survive, who can succeed, who can live okay, even in difficult times. These are God's people. Amen. Earlier on, I didn't read that part, they talked about how the priests were exempted from these taxes. Their lands were not taken because Pharaoh provided for them. Well, I do not know whether these are priests for Pharaoh or Hebrew priests. But what came to me was that we are all priests, aren't we? We are all children of God. We are chosen. We are, we are called priests. And so if you are in the royal priesthood, you are a child of God. You are part of the, the new generation, the chosen generation of God. Should we suffer the fate of the Israelites and the Canaanites? I don't think so. I don't think so. And so, um, I thought, all right, let's share um, these principles and this parable and see how we can apply them to help improve our chances of doing so well, just like the Israelites. So the blessings of God can come upon us. So I'll go straight into some of the lessons learned from here and compare with the life that um, Joseph lived. Because I consider Joseph as a character who actually lived a triumphant uh, life. He loved the Lord. He feared the Lord. He was faithful in all his ways. He was diligent in his work. And I think that we can find some things that we can glean on. Amen. First thing that we need to note, whether good times, bad times, everyday life, just remember that Jesus has given us all gifts and talents. Amen. I don't know what yours is. And I don't know if we have special people who can help you, speak with you, to help you identify what God has put inside you. The gifts could be in two ways. There could be spiritual gifts of all kinds. And there could be talents of all kinds, your skills, things you can do, some attributes that are unique to you, that you find that comes easily to you, that you can put to use, that you can put to work, that can help you shine. Joseph received his. First he started off as a dreamer, then he could interpret these dreams because he trusted in God. These are special gifts. Earlier on we read that um, when he interpreted the dreams and gave counsel to Pharaoh, Pharaoh called him a man who was discerning, who was full of the spirit of God, and who was full of wisdom. 
These are all gifts we can ask God for. In difficult times, in tough times, these are things we can lean on. Can we ask God to help us in these times? There are people who God just opens their eyes to see great opportunities, to give good counsel, to give great advice, to take great steps, make great strategies. We might go to all the school we want, but it takes the spirit of God to just help you crack that problem. I don't know whether we've been asking God for, for these kinds of things, for these gifts, for these blessings. If we haven't, I think we can start today. Times, we're not sure how it's going to be. In the beginning of the year, the teaching was about building our capacity. We said, look, we need to prepare because there may be tough times ahead. It wasn't a, a, a doom kind of prophecy, but I think it was wisdom coming from God. How ready are we with the gifts, the skills, and talents God has given to us? Many of us sit on them. Many of us do nothing with them. Many of us can do many side things and consult on the side, support people on the side, fan aflame these gifts, but we sit on them. We had a teaching here before on multiple streams of income where we can use various abilities and talents God has given us to make income, to make a decent living, to support ourselves, our families, and generations to come, and even the church. How are we fanning these aflame? God gave Joseph the ability to interpret dreams and to be a great administrator. Joseph did not buy it. He did not pay for it. It was a gift. In the same way, God has gifted us with various things. If we do not have it or we desire some special gifts, can we ask him for it? And I think he would do it for us. Joseph Litton, we learned, was very business-minded. His goal was to make profits for his master. His goal was to serve his master diligently. And he did it so, so well. How are we putting this into practice in our daily living as Christians, as workers, as entrepreneurs? What's our objective? Do we just go to work wanting to mark the register? Do we just um, go through a routine and complain all the time? Or are we putting the effort and being very diligent in what we do? Sometimes we have our own dreams, we have our gifts and talents, but they also get squashed along the way. They get stolen by people who say negative things to us, who say we are not good enough or we can't do it. Or that voice inside you that tells you you can't do it. I mean, I was watching the team here playing all the instruments. I can't tell you how many times I've tried and, 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 and not succeeded. Probably that's not my area, so I like to sell and I like to farm. <laughs> Amen. Let's find it and find it aflame. But I'm sure that most of you did not even get where you are just because you had a skill. Someone encouraged you and thought you and pushed you. But we have others who would discourage you and steal your dreams from you. Joseph's brothers did not like him, they despised him. I even found out that in the same parable that Jesus shared, this, this master who was going away, going to lobby to be king, even him had haters, even him. Just because you have a goal, 
doesn't mean you will not have oppositions. Joseph went round and round and round, and God still made that dream come true, that vision come true. Yes, we'll face opposition. Times will be tough. The economy will be tough. We'll have a lot of excuses. But at the end of the day, these excuses don't count. Did he get it done? Did he achieve his goals? Did he persevere? Did he love the Lord? Did he still have an open heart? Did he run the race to the end? And did he get the crown? These are the questions we need to ask. All those stumbling blocks along the way are meant to test us, to strengthen our faith, and to push us on, to edge us on. So in tough times, can we step up and activate everything God has given to us with the right attitude, the right mindset, and God would give us success in whatever we do. Amen. If you don't have it or you're not clear, the action is ask God. Amen. In John 15, 7, it says, if you remain in me and my words in you, you can ask for whatever you want, and I will do it. Amen. The second point here is that Jesus instructs us to put these into good use. Underline good use. Good use. You can use your gifts and talents in a, in a, with an attitude or a 20% capacity your skills or abilities. Would you consider that good use? I don't think so. We shouldn't keep our gifts dormant. We shouldn't be passive about it. We shouldn't be wasteful about it. That includes our time as well. <laughs> we should put everything that God has given to us in good use, our time, our treasure, and our talent. And what are you doing with everything God has entrusted in your hands? As stewards, what are you doing? Are you putting everything into very good use? From the readings, I learned that it takes a lot of faith to actually begin to apply some of these gifts and talents that God gives us. A lot of faith, a lot of courage. Because in our mind's eye, we can't even see the outcome. We can't even see whether we can actually succeed or not. But once you know that this is what you desire, you've asked God, you need to begin to step out in faith. In the spiritual gifts area, I think that's a very big part where we can apply our faith. You want to teach. You want to teach the youth or Sunday school or even the main church. There's something that you've studied. It's burning in your heart to share with the whole church. Why do you sit on it? Why don't you tell a neighbor? Why don't you tell a colleague? And why don't you tell an elder, a leader in the church, that look, this is what God has laid on my heart. Will, that, will there be an opportunity to share this someday? We have Tuesday Bible studies, always looking for resources and people to teach. Step up, it's just 20 minutes or 30 minutes. You can start from there. Sunday service, if something God has laid in your heart, just tell the leaders, I'm sure that they can put a slot in there for you. It takes some level of courage and faith to do that. And so I want to, I'm praying that we'll all be stirred up to begin to lift our hands up to say, what can I do um, using the skills and gifts and things God has dropped in my mind? Yes, wisdom and knowledge as well um, to put to good use these gifts. Some gifts we might have, when used at the wrong time at the wrong place, can destroy us, right? Um, well, we learned the story from, of Joseph uh, just telling his dreams about and uh, probably not applying wisdom at that time. He was a young guy. All right. But I, I learned that 
these gifts and talents can be put to proper use with wisdom and with knowledge. The fact that you can teach, you can preach, you can prophesy, does not mean you should just keep that anointing and use it just anyhow. You need to prepare. You need to see God's face. You need wisdom from God. You need to prepare. You need to study the word, which is the foundation. You need to put in some study into this. That knowledge would help us. With other talents and stuff, I like to find out from the skillful people how much effort they put in. Entrepreneurs amongst us who produce nice things we buy and use all the time, some of them here. I'm sure they go on the internet every time learning about new things, how to mix various chemicals. Madam Susu is here. She can tell us the new flavors, the new where to get the most affordable perfumes to make the cost lower in difficult times. They study, they prepare, they learn. And that's how we can sharpen our own skills. And in difficult times, these kinds of knowledge would come and help us. It will come in handy. You cut costs, you make life better for yourself, and even for your clients and customers. So spiritually, you can sharpen your skills by being together, being participating in meetings. The Bible studies we have, the prayer meetings we have, just calling one another and bringing an encouraging word that you learned in the morning. All these things can prepare us. There are many things we can do um, to, to, to put to good use what God has, asked, uh, what God has given to us, to be good stewards. Uh, not like the guy who just hid the talent, who just put it away. Imagine if Joseph put away all the skills and these gifts he had. For how many years? I mean, I think the whole part of the world would have suffered a lot and his rise to prominence and fulfilling his God-given vision and dream. It would not have happened at all. But he put it to good use. He found the opportunity and used it. I'll talk a little bit about that um, in the next lines. So, yes, um, Joseph um, put to good use his gift and talents. Administratively, we learned that he was really good and sharp at his work. He got promoted to be the head of the household of Potiphar. Uh, and in prison, he was even given responsibilities. And... What I found out there was that he still put to good use his gifts, even in prison. He served in tough times. He did not hold back his gifts, even when he was in prison. I don't know what tough times you're going through now. You've lost your job, you're worried. Is that why you're not serving in church? Is that why you're not putting your best uh, where the opportunities come? God opened doors for Joseph right where he was, in the pit, in the prison. And so God can do it for you. Let's just press on and use the gift and abilities God has given us, even in difficult times. I mean, I've heard stories of people randomly doing good and people spotting them and saying, I'd like to work with this guy or I'd like to invest in that guy's business. Sometimes it's just someone baking pie and sharing in church for free, and that would be that breakthrough. It would be cooking and giving someone food, and that would be that, that, oh, that soup, that green soup you did, we did the exact same. There's someone here who's shit off eating. God bless you. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. You know, so these are things. You probably did doing it for fun or for just the sake of loving someone who's hungry. But out of it, many things would come. I think Joseph was just serving, using his gifts, even in difficult times. And he was remembered years later. He was remembered. He 
was part of his CV and profile that people saw. Today, we'll say it was on LinkedIn for everyone to see. And he was consulted and he delivered. May God help us. And it takes compassion and love to actually step out to execute. You know, you know what God has given to you. You have the heart to serve God's people, to do his will and even to be obedient. As you activate it, um, God will see you through and give you success and you will triumph even in difficult times because your blessings could come from them. And then the third point here is that uh, in the parable of the talents is that definitely there's going to be a day of accountability. A day of tests will come. Maybe for your own good to just survive, to save your own self and the talents and gifts and skills that God has given you can deliver you. Or your job is to rescue the nation with your idea, with that contact uh, that will bring billions to the country in terms of investments. Whatever it is, there's going to be a day that that opportunity or that skill will be needed. Will we be ready? Will we be ready when it comes? Jesus will ask us what we did with what he gave us. So in good times, let us keep investing. Let's keep planting. Let's keep using what is given to us, even our money, our time, in the right way, so that in tough times we can cash in on them. Joseph did that. I'll quickly run to the end, because I'm losing time, to share three quick ideas on how to put these talents to good use in our workplaces or in our work, uh, the world of work. I shared it earlier, summarizing it, sharpen your talents and giftings always. Let's do that. I learned somewhere that to be a world-class level, uh, you know, when you are in difficult times, only the best are retained, usually. Only the best. And those who practice ahead of a 10,000-hour rule that to make it to the world-class level, world, world, world-class level, you should have practiced your skill or talents at least 10,000 hours before some tender age, not when you are too old. So let's start now. Let's start investing on in our children. Let's teach them how to prepare and sharpen their skills and talents. And for ourselves, let's do it. For traders, for IT specialists, even IT specialists and the coders and stuff. I hear after every 30 days or 60 days, the innovation becomes obsolete. <laughs> so there's pressure. In times like these, let's be on the move. Let's ask God for wisdom. Let's ask him to help us. Let's depend on him. Two, let's deliver our tasks uh, diligently. Go the extra mile. And then... Uh, I, from the readings, that Joseph did not just interpret a dream. He wasn't asked to bring a proposal. He offered it through the wisdom of God. He offered it. So let's not just stop at point B. Ask God, what should we do next? Is it the right time to share this proposal? Should I give advice? Should I give counsel? And that's exactly what Joseph did. He went ahead, gave advice on how to administer or execute as a plans to bring success to Pharaoh. And that is what touched Pharaoh's heart. He says, is there any man on this land who's wiser, who has more wisdom, or who's more um, discerning as this man? Bring him, and I'll give him this job. They found nobody, and they gave the job to the guy who brought the proposal, who interpreted it and brought the proposal. May God help us to see beyond the challenges, solve it, and go beyond to the next step and the next step. And in difficult times, in hard times, in, in, in challenging times like these, when you're looking for just five people, you'll be one of them. Amen.
They're looking for one person. That one person will be you. And you'll live a victorious and triumphant life, just like the Israelites did or the priests did. And three, always seek the Holy Spirit's help. Depend on him. Always. Joseph did always. Daniel did always. David did always. And they all had difficult times. They had challenging times, ups and downs. But they depended on God consistently. And God gave them success. They did not ascribe their glory to themselves. They said it is God. And they did not ascribe their skills and talents to themselves. They said it was God. May God help us do this. And let's remember that in all these things, in all these times, God loves us and he cares for us. He looks after his own. In Psalm 127, 1 and 2, it says, unless the Lord builds his house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he, the Lord, grants sleep to those he loves. May we remain in the fold of God, that all our toil, all our blessings, all the struggles we have, all the pains we go through will not end in disaster, but would end triumphantly because the Lord himself will see us through these times. With these nuggets, I'm sure that when we begin to put them into use, cashing on them, we can also enjoy this victorious and triumphant living in these times. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word that has been brought to us. That in times, in tough times, we can still lean on you and lean on your nuggets and stand out and be different. The Lord God, in difficult times for Joseph, he stood out. He was lifted and through him, his people and the people of Israel flourished just because he loved you and he was obedient and he put to use his talents and abilities and skills. May that be our portion, O Lord that ourselves and our households and our, and, and, and our country, so Lord, and anything that is connected to us will flourish through us, that we would give the glory to you, that many men and women from distant lands would come to know that you are God. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.